Welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. This is episode 195. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, only five episodes to go until the big 200. My name is Chris Britton, I'm your host, and let's go. Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all of the latest Hero Clicks singles and sealed products. So check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Joining me in the studio today is a man that has uh, wrangled more heifer than Rocco in his modern life. Calder Ness. What's going on, Calder? You like that, that was good. Like wow. That? Wow, I'm impressed. I thought that of that is... the other day when I was at work. That's a heck of a job there, Chris. Uh, that's the only time I'm that'll doing, probably happen. I'm doing great and better now. <laughs> Thank you for asking. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well, really well. What happened to you this week that was good and made you happy? Oh, man, I had a great week. Uh, for me, if, if you're all like me, and I assume you are because you're nerds, uh, we like the mail because we order things in the mail, and it took – I finally got my CGC – Captain America comic back and all graded and in the nice little protective case that I had signed by Stan Lee. So it's it's just beautiful to look at because of how official it is. So I got that in the mail this week and it's ah, that's pretty awesome. to my eye. So did you already hang it up? Yeah, I've got it in like this little. I've got this big table full of Captain America stuff. So I'm actually looking at it right now. It's great. That's fantastic, man. Also, I wanted to ask you how how did the uh, play go? Oh, that also went great, I guess. Uh, last night was our very last show, and we had a cast party until 2 a.m., and we all you know, went home and were really depressed because we are never going to see each other again. No, it went really well. The last three nights all sold out. We had a full theater. You know, it fits a nice 300 people, which is cool. It's not ginormous by all means, but it was great. Well, we sold out. Uh, I got slapped in the face by with a sword because I missed a block and totally... <laughs> totally smooth transition we were recording that because they wanted to record one of the shows it's not going to be repurposed or anything just because we wanted to make sure we could watch our fight scenes again to figure out what we need to work on and i'm so happy we had that on footage because you just see me get slapped in the face with this sword and we go not a million miles an hour but pretty fast and just i, I back up like wow you're you're pretty good at this aren't you <laughs> <laughs> and i proceed to miss four different blocks because the side of the face he hit me on, my hair fell in front of my face, and I had no depth perception after that. And uh, then we just uh, went past the fight. It was pretty funny, honestly. It was great. <laughs> How I... neat is that? That's pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to cue some listeners in, uh, Carter and I have been going back and forth this week, kind of just sending each other random videos, of which I've decided – I've learned, by the way, how to clip – YouTube videos and turning them into sound bites for the soundboard. So, just want to throw this out there. If there's anything that you want to be on this podcast because you think it's funny, just go ahead and link us something in like a tweet or in a Facebook message. I'll see what I can do. But one of those things was a list of videos called the Nature Walk. <laughs> the Nature Walk, man. Oh These my are great. gosh, I love those videos. I'll link some of those into the podcast show notes, but. Uh, let's move on a uh, little bit. <laughs> I'm going to be playing those sporadically throughout the show. Oh, yeah. Mostly because I spent so much work on it, not probably not increasing the production value of this show. <laughs> uh, 
So what was good in your week, Chris? Uh, I joined the gym. Uh, hey. I've been telling Jaylene for about a year and a half that I was going to join the gym with her and go. And I've been lazy. And then this week I pulled the trigger and finally went. I am out of shape. <laughs> but I'm getting there. So I'm, that's I'm awesome. proud of myself. I think I've gone like three times in the last like four days. So. Hey, that's good. Chris is making sick gains now, guys. Better watch your back. Those gains and those PRs. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not my life. But, hey, let's get on to uh, some other stuff. Dial H, we like to bring you up-to-date info about the game of Hero Clicks and other nerd-related content. So, let's get into some news. Oh, yeah. start off our new section with some hero clicks news followed by a bunch of articles some videos that we found throughout the week and then we're going to close it off with some more actual hero clicks related content so we did get spoiled dials on the op kit the silvermane op kit for black cat silvermane himself and speed demon calder do you want to start us off with one of those figures absolutely start off with black cat she's 90 points has the spider-man ally team ability no special combat symbols, no range. She does have improved movement, ignores hindering. She has one trait, but I'm going to go over a dial really quick before we get the trait. It's pretty much split into two halves, six clicks. Top dial has eight movement for three clicks with stealth, and then has an 11 attack, then some tens with precision strike for the first three, and then it's got 16, and then a 15 with combat reflexes for the first three. The damage power does actually go all the way to click five with probability control. Three damage, then two damage, then one damage. And then latter half of the dial, she has sidestep for three clicks, blades, claws, fangs for three clicks, and then super senses for the last three clicks. No prob on her very last click, though. Her trait reads, tough luck. If Black Cat has one action token and is targeted by an opposing character's attack, roll a d6 and subtract half the result from the attacker's attack roll. Uh, which will work pretty well with the combination of stealth and combat reflexes. So, this is a pretty solid figure, and historically, there I think there's only like one other black cat with the Spider-Man family keyword. Uh, very. Oh yeah, her keywords are, you know, Ma- Magia, which is actually kind of interesting that she has Magia. Uh, Marvel Divas, Spider-Man family, martial artist. Because I, I like think her. I've seen a black cat. Yeah, I like her a lot. I think they've been doing a really good job on OP figures recently. Oh, I totally agree. Making them actually worth getting or desiring, so that's pretty sweet. Anything else you have to say about Black Cat before we move on? Uh, nope. Okay, I've got Speed Demon. Speed Demon is uh, coming in at a grand total of 65 points, no special combat symbols. He's five long click dial. He starts off with, as you would expect Speed Demon to start off with, hypersonic speed. No special attack, no attack power, I'm sorry, no damage power, but he does have super senses. Uh, he does have, if this will load, a trait. It's called Turbo Charged Thief. When Speed Demon hits an opposing character and his attack total is at least three higher than that character's defense value, anything equipped to that character that began the game as an object is KO'd. I Which? Kind of like it? it. It's a really cool gimmick. My only problem is that he only has a 10 attack. Yeah, 10 attack, 2 damage, which is kind of... I mean, he is 65 points. He does have the Sinister Syndicate team ability, so I guess you could uh, increase his attack if you are playing a Sinister Syndicate team, which, by the way, he does have the Sinister Syndicate, Thunderbolts, and Speedster uh, keywords. 
He does have improved movement and ignores hindering terrain. The rest of the dial, he has three clicks, hypersonic speed, two clicks of charge. Uh, the last two clicks of the dial, he has precision strike, but it's nine attack on both of them. He does have willpower on the last two clicks of his dial. And the first three clicks of his dial are going to be your super senses. Overall, he's not a super intricate character, but he is, he's got a little niched thing, and I think he's fun, and I think it would be really funny to rip off somebody's Mjolnir just because you happen to hit them with a 65-point character. That would be good. Yeah, and no, if you team him up with that Baron Zemo that gives the plus one to Thunderbolts, that makes him a lot more playable, too. So, For sure. Uh, he definitely seems fun. Okay. And if we're good, Silvermane. This is, I believe this OP kit was supposed to be coming out for a while, right? Because one of Silvermane's powers, like, reads, like, the way before, you know, the total game change happened. But I'll get to that in a minute. Let's look at his dial here. Uh, so he's six clicks long. He's got opening running shot, then he has sidestep, then he has three clicks of charge, then he has sidestep on the very last click. He's got some ten attacks, some enhancement, and then a special defense power for the first three clicks. He has charged super strength, like I said. When he gets that, he gets some toughness and some power. And his very last click, he has some... Um... Okay. Sorry. Regen pulse. pulse wave. Yeah, yeah pulse regen wave. and pulse wave. The picture that we got is super blurry. Really blurry. Uh, it's It's hard, yeah. Really, really blurry. But what makes him cool is his trait, and then his special defense power is actually really good, too. And, of course, the fact that his head is its own object, and we'll cover that in a little bit. So he has Hydra, Magi, uh, Robot, and Ruler. Like I said, he has he does have five range and Indomitable. He is 150 points. I'm reading that right, right? 100 points, excuse me. It's really blurry. So, Silvermane can use leadership as if he were 150 points and succeeds on a 4 through 6. Now, obviously, you can use leadership now, no matter what your point cost is. So, obviously, this figure is made, and they're just now releasing it. When Silvermane is KO'd, place Silvermane's head in a square that he occupied. Before we go into his head, his special defense power for his first three clicks. So, Silvermane can use invulnerability and mastermind, and, of course, he can use mastermind as if he were 150 points. When Silvermane transfers damage to a character, remove an action token from that character, which is actually really good. So if you have a character that can basically tank that damage, you also remove an action token from them. So I really like the way he works on that front. He seems to be and a then, solid, solid figure. Very solid, especially if you want to run him with Hydra, because I, I know there's one Hydra figure that can tank quite a bit of damage. Or uh, Megai also, I guess, if you want to run him with Count Nefaria. And then Silvermane's head, this character can use leadership as if it were 150 points, succeeds on a four, five, on a four through six. On a result of one, place this object in the adjacent square, which, you know, I like it. I like leadership. Leadership's one of my favorite powers. It's great to succeed on a four through six. And of course, it kind of has that symbiote thing where if you completely fail it and roll a one, you just pop it off you. I want to know why the picture on the little Silvermane's head light object is a silhouette instead out, yeah. of just a picture of his head. Maybe they thought it, it looked dumb as just a head. Yeah, maybe it does. I, I yeah, really so I don't know if there's like an actual head token that you get, or if it's just like you put Silvermane on the card or something, or what what it's supposed to be. Because all the pictures we have don't actually show a picture of like a like a Thor-style little base and everything. 
it's just like Silvermane. Oh, maybe his head pops off. Maybe. We don't know. But I do believe that you're right when you said that they've been sitting on this figure for a while. With the wording on the mastermind, with the wording on the leadership, it does seem that way. Yeah, for sure. So. But he does seem solid and fun to play, so definitely pick him up. Yeah. Okay, moving on. We've got uh, quite a few articles. Uh, by the way, as always, we will link all articles and videos in the podcast notes. That way we can give credit to all those people that did write these and make these videos. But let's start off with the first one, and that's going to be 21 mind-blowing details that you missed in the Black Panther movie. Now, we're not going to go through all 21 of nah. these, but did you find any that you thought were like just genuinely interesting, Calder? Yeah, there were a few really cool ones, like the um, the uh, when he's fighting, you know, when he has the two different... This might be a little bit spoilery, uh, so I'll try not to do too much. Um, but when he's fighting either, you know, he's fighting Killmonger and then he fought M'Baku, how it was at the beginning of the day, like a new dawn, and then it was like the end of an era kind of thing, and it was at sunset. I thought that was really interesting. You know, I thought that was neat. Some I didn't right. notice, obviously, when I was watching it. Uh, his, the James Bond references I definitely got. I thought those were cool. I did like the White Wolf reference. Oh, yes. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go that into that very far. Which, by the way, I do want to say, at the very end of this podcast, Calder and I are going to go full on diving into the movie Black Panther, just what we really liked about the movie. So uh, I'll say it now, I'll say it again in just a little bit, but we're it's a spoiler alert, like, I'll get out. And yep. if you don't want to hear the rest, or you don't want to hear about Black Panther, tune out at the end. Not yet, but, but at the end. Uh, and you won't hear any spoilers. Um, I did like the White Wolf reference as far as this article goes. And then I also really liked how in one of the scenes uh, when T'Challa enters the uh, Panther spirit world, uh, it's it's reminiscent of the Lion King. The Lion King, yeah. When he's like That's talking awesome. to Mufasa and stuff like that. And I was like, that is so cool. That was really cool. So that was really cool article. That's from BuzzFeed, like I said, but we'll link it. Uh, moving on to the second article that we got was an acknowledgement from DC. And Marvel actually put out an article, or Marvel did this first, and I think CBR.com, which is the person that wrote this article, also wrote the other article. Um, DC and Marvel are fully starting to acknowledge each other as part of the same multiverse. And in this article, it's called DC Comics Agrees It Shares a Multiverse with Marvel. There is a in, – in one of the comics, um, we have Booster Gold, and Booster Gold makes a comment that says – I think he's – who's he talking to? I can't even remember who he said. Skeets. He's talking to Skeets, and he refers yeah, to Alfred. He, he calls Skeets Alfred because Skeets is kind of like uh, his little butler guy, does yeah. whatever he wants. And he calls him Alfred, and then he's like, not like I can call you Jarvis, whole other timeline. Oh, interesting. Nice. So they're fully starting to acknowledge, and I mean, they've done it before, so this isn't really like groundbreaking news or anything like that, but I just thought it was a nice little nod, um, and they were doing that before in a couple other things. I believe that during the Incursion storylines, uh, uh, right before the Secret War in Marvel, they were mentioning, because all of the multiverse was collapsing in on, it, on itself, and all of the different... Uh, universes were dying out, and they mentioned multiple times, like, DC Comics and stuff like that. So, 
I thought that that was a pretty... Did you... It's like a recent Captain Marvel book, but it's going through, you see Marvel, then you see kind of like the Quasar looking, you know, all the different versions of Captain Marvel through the years. And then on the end, it cuts off, because that's where the page ends, but you see on the, like, fourth screen, kind of a Captain Marvel that looks like Shazam. But yeah. you see, like, like, his boot and, like, whatever else, and I think that was really cool. So, and if you didn't know, Shazam's original name was Captain oh, Marvel. Yeah. So, both a DC character and a Marvel character sharing the name Captain Marvel. So, it was a nice little nod to each other. So, I think it's cool that DC and, and Marvel are kind of playing with each other right now. Yeah. Just, I mean, they're not, there have been times in the history of comic books where they absolutely hated each other, and you could find references where they're just bashing on each other in certain Very comic true. books. But as of right now, it looks like they're just kind of nicely playing tag in the comics. So Very nice. I thought that was pretty cool. We've got some Infinity War news. Calder, tell me about that. Infinity War has been moved from May 4th to April 27th. They bumped up the release date from Infinity War a week early, which is amazing for anybody that was waiting for Infinity yes, War. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Like, oh. The sooner the better, and if you see, there's this really cool Twitter exchange between Robert Downey Jr. and Marvel, and it's like, hey, I was wondering if I could see Infinity War earlier. That's like, absolutely. How about 27? It's like, can I have some friends? Oh, you mean like, and then they tag like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. and then, you know, Thor and everybody else. It's like, well, how about the entire world? And it's like, yeah, sure, why not? And then, then you see they make the real announcement that's like, yeah, we're, we're releasing on April 27th. And I love it. Oh, man. For those of you that started that watch one Marvel movie a week... <laughs> At the beginning of the year, did you see that, Chris? At the yes, kind of I beginning did. of the year, the, so if you did it right at the beginning and watch one per week, every yep. week in order, and, and this is not including any of the TV shows or anything like that. Yeah. But you would end right as the week of Infinity War came out. So now that Infinity War has been bumped up, it's okay, guys. Feel free to skip Thor: The Dark World, or if you already <laughs> did skip, you know, Incredible Hulk, you can skip that too. So. Well, if they already started, they're definitely past Incredible Hulk already. Oh, they're definitely past Incredible Hulk, but I mean, I would have skipped it if I did it, so. <laughs> uh, but alright, yeah, so. Alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Uh, no, that's, that's pretty much it. You can always skip Iron Man 3 if you want. I like Iron Man 3, but I know some people don't, so feel free to skip it. I like Thor the Dark World, so come at me. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, well. <laughs> Okay, we did get a very interesting exchange between Mark Hamill and James Gunn, of all people, on Twitter. There was a guy named Ian Fee, and he, he tweeted out something at James Gunn. It said, could you do me a huge favor and find a role for Mark Hamill in Guardians 3? The awesomeness of it might end me, but I'm willing to risk it. Thanks. James Gunn actually responded and said, I think, at Hamill himself, which is Mark Hamill's Twitter handle, Lives around the corner from me in Malibu, so he just come he could just come over and we can talk about it over a cup of coffee. To which Mark Hamill actually responded, responded, "I would be happy to do so. Both as good neighbor and an unemployed actor, all the best." James Gunn said, "Haha, let's do it." Mark Hamill said, "DM me for my contact info if you're serious and a good neighbor." Because Mark Hamill's cheeky like that. And then James Gunn uh, kind of rounded it off with, uh, "Yes, I will. Although I don't." I don't think your DMs are on for me. Oh, that's because James Gunn doesn't know how Twitter works. Uh, mm. Just followed yeah. you, uh, says Mark Hamill. Is that how DMs work? Uh, apparently neither one of them knows how, how Twitter works. You both have to follow each other on Twitter in order for you to send a direct message to someone on Twitter. 
if any one of our listeners did not know that. Now you That's know. what it works, yeah. That's not the point of this. The point is Mark Hamill might be in Guardians 3, which would be fantastic. Start the speculation as to what character he could possibly play. Calder, do you have any idea? I want to be Major Glory. Yeah. Major Victory! Major Glory. Major Glory is a different character, sorry. Major Victory. I want to be Major Victory. I knew who you were talking about. I don't know what... I, I think our minds went the same direction, but I knew what you were going with. Okay, yeah. Um, I would like to see him play Bug. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Just kidding. That's, that's uh, not going to happen. I mean... I have, you want. No, I, I have no idea what he would play. But the idea was awesome because I guess Mark Hamill is out of work. When you kind of wrap up the latest Star Wars, Star Wars movie, and you can only appear on the Flash every other like thirty episodes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he does voice work though. I mean, he does a ton of voice work. That's not... true. So James Gunn, get on it. You need to get Mark Hamill because yep. I'm pretty sure you'd make everybody fanboy out for that one. Yes, we'd freak out. Okay. Uh, we also got an article uh, about Agents of Shield's 100th episode, which they just aired the 99th episode, and I mistook it for the 100th episode. I read the article, and it tells you kind of what to expect in the 100th episode. And as I was watching, I'm like, okay, when's all this stuff going to happen? And then it never did. And I was like, why? What happened? <laughs> it's because I'm dumb. Uh, but the 100th episode is coming up. I'm super, super excited for it. I think it is going to be a game changer for no, I'm really excited. S.H.I.E.L.D. But why don't you explain to me why you're a little bit excited for this, Calder? Why am I? I don't know. I missed the 99th episode, Chris. It's kind of hard. Did you really? Don't worry, you didn't, yeah. You didn't miss much. Right? Oh, okay. Because Age of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s changed, like, so much from the beginning. And now it's, like, 100. This is, like, a journey. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Great. We talked about that before. Yeah, we did. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I don't know how much of this is spoiler for people. I think Hive is going to be on it. Yeah, see, they mentioned having Hive in it, and I don't really know how they're going to do that. But I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't either. But uh, they did say they're basically wrapping up like twenty different loose ends that have occurred yeah. over the seasons, and they formally acknowledged it. They're like, "This is a loose end. This is a loose end. This, and we're all we're going to fix them all." And I'm like. What? Good That's... job, guys. <laughs> so, I'm pretty excited about that. It is going to be awesome. Now, something that I found that took up 18 minutes of my life today, but Jaylene and I watched it together, and I, I want to preface it with this. Go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja, go, 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 go. Yes, that actually is Vanilla Ice's voice from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. But I found an 18-minute video online from, I think, some guy named Gaijin. Anyway, Gaijin Goomba. He's awesome, or at least this one video was awesome. So I highly recommend anybody that wanted to know more about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles over the years and the different universes. He jumps into the 2003, the, 2000, or the 1982. Seven TV show, the 2012 TV show, the movies themselves, the actual comics, and is talking to you about real ninjutsu. Now, I'm not going to lie, there was a lot of Japanese in there I did not understand. Very but true. it Same sounded here. awesome. <laughs> uh, so, it is really cool. What would you think about it? Oh, I thought it was really sweet. 
because, you know, earlier we were kind of complaining about the new ninjas. Like, oh, what are these weapons? What's going on here? But then it's like, oh, he kind of shed some light on as to why certain weapons were this way and how they've actually used them before. So, okay, fair enough. And then he drew some comparisons from the, you know, the 80s series to the 90 movie and then the my personal favorite, the 2003 series. And I kind of quite liked that. And I like learning about the different ninjutsu techniques. Being someone who's in martial arts myself, I, I found it very interesting. Not ninjutsu, obviously, but... You don't like the art of killing people? I Yes, I'm sorry, I'm not... I'm right, not, not going to be a ninja. How about this? You like this? Wise man say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. That's some solid logic. I, I probably pull that line more times than I'd like to admit. Like if you ever, if I ever, if I ever talking to somebody who's like very smart or whatever, I don't, whatever you would consider very smart in your world, or I say, well, wise men say that forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. I no, I love that line. That's my favorite. Ah, so good. <laughs> this, and I just had pizza is... earlier today. This is just so. Beautiful. You like pizza? I like pizza. I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, moving on before we play too much. Uh, the soundboard. I did mention this on a previous episode. Uh, we've got a listener and a really, really cool dude. His name is, uh, well, I'm just going to go by Enrageous, but I did get uh, some custom-made action tokens from him. I've gotten custom-made action tokens from him before, but I put it in an order with him for eight custom Ultimates action tokens. I've got Hawkeye, Iron Man, uh, one with four people on it. I want to get into that. Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Hulk, Hank and Wasp on the same one, Captain America and Thor. I just want to give another shout out to Enrageous. That's I think he's his website's like in.rageous, I want to believe. I'll link it so. in the podcast show notes. Uh, but seriously, this guy does fantastic work and if you really want some nice action tokens these are the best action tokens that I've found uh, personally made by anybody on the internet. And I have purchased custom action tokens from quite a few people on the internet. So if you want some great stuff, this guy's willing to work with you. Pick individual like pictures, scale stuff down. The cutting on the, the stickers look really nice. There's heft to the actual poker chips. You can hear them. Uh, it, they're great. So another good shout out to him. Awesome. Very awesome. And uh, I think rounding uh, out the news well, called... Yeah, I'm going to talk about... So the first round of winter WKOs happened this weekend on March 3rd. Uh, I'm not going to go to any until I think the 17th and 18th. They're going to have some down in Omaha, Nebraska, which is going to be great. But I just wanted to talk about some fun teams because I kind of saw this article. So the winter WKO, uh, Lacey, Washington, top eight. So I'm just going to go ahead and name the top eight, and then I'm going to talk about two teams I really like. So... Number eight was uh, Jeremy Saxtetter. Uh, number seven was Daniel Schrader. Uh, number six was Jeff Polier. Five, Brian Dormier. I'm going to butcher all your names, by the way. Number four is David Ellis. Number three is Aubrey Waltman. Number two is Andrew Place Bertner. And then number one was Hunter Pedersen, Peterson uh, with a D. And so I'm going to talk about Jeff Polier's team really quick, which I thought was really cool. So he had Green Oracle at 50 points, Trey Lynn at 50 points, who's the guy who messes with dice from the uh, Star Trek set. And then he had the Captain Kirk and Lieutenant Sulu naked time chases on his team for both 50 points. And then he had the Harley Quinn Red Tornado, and then he had a 25-point cheat prod domino, and then, of course, he had Carnage, and then 
a few items. He had the Enchanted Crowbar, a mirror. But I thought it was awesome that he had the naked time Captain Kirk and Lieutenant Sulu on on his team. I just thought that was amazing. And, you know, to place <laughs> sixth, you know, to get top eight with, like, two the naked time chases, I found hilarious. And then next, I wanted to kind of talk about Jeremy uh, Saxtetter, who I believe was number eight. And uh, the reason I liked his team is because he actually played Batman God of Knowledge, that 225, like, piece. And we had kind of mentioned, do you think it can be competitive? Like, what are the odds of this really happening with such a high point cost? Like, sure, he does something really cool, but I, I felt like maybe he can get taken out too easy. But obviously, I, I was mistaken because this was amazing. So we had Batman God of Knowledge, Night Nurse. Mjolnir, which is obviously genius because Batman's got a sick 10 range. Boxing Ring, Carnage, I believe. Uh, it says Teleporter on the build sheet, but it's all scratched out. And then he has a couple of ID cards. Magneto, Green Lantern, Zatanna, Green Arrow, all sorts of stuff like that. But I I absolutely love that he used the Batman God knowledge uh, for a team. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> I needed that. That's pretty neat. <laughs> I really, anytime uh, you use that, I just, I just want yeah, to. Yeah, very true. But. Seriously, though, uh, you winners out there, congratulations. That is really cool. And it sounds like the meta's getting shaken up. It is. To be fair, there was a, there was a fair amount of Shredder clones and Jakeem and Unimine, but like teams like this are awesome and interesting. I mean, if this made the top eight, think of everything else that showed up and all the other neat neat stuff. You know, it's pretty neat, right? So that is that. pretty neat. That's pretty neat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I like seeing cool meta team builds like that because that's kind of what I like to do and what I like to see most of all, and just the normal stuff. So Calder, is that, I'm sorry, is that all you had to say? That, about the that is open? all I have to say about the Whiskey's Open. Besides okay, the fact right. that uh, February, no, sorry, February, March 18th, 17th, Krypton Comics and Sparta, I'm gonna be down there. I'm gonna Nebraska guys, come find me. Nebraska's a state still? Right, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> JK, people that live in Nebraska. But moving on. <laughs> we have uh, something, Calder, I wanted to I wanted to make this an official thing with you, if that's okay. Yep, all right. So anytime WizKids messes something up, okay? All right. I want to play this sound clip. You see my downstairs mix-up? Yeah, I didn't ask to see that, did I? I'm old Greg. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, if you've never seen old Greg, I will link that in the show notes. You might want to know that for future old Greg usage. Uh, what he said, just for clarification, is I showed you my downstairs mix-up. You can take that however you want, but I'm going to go with that as far as WizKids messing up in the future, and we didn't really want to see their mix-up. I, yep. Okay. See, I, I had lived uh, quite a few years in this life without knowing about old Greg, and then Chris changed that last week. <laughs> I was on Better a random old videos that I thought were funny kick, yep. and I just wanted to send them to you, so <laughs> there's that. Uh, Okie dokie, man. Let's move on, and I know let's play some Value Corner. All right, so down here at the corner, I like to try to find a piece that's not only a good bang for your buck, but fun to field and everything in the game of Hero Clicks. So kind of go in, and it's a piece that I found was fun, and a lot of the times I choose a, a Golden Age figure. Uh, so this is going to be one of the few times I choose a Modern Age figure on this team, just because uh, of how much fun I had running this person. So 75 points, 
No special combat symbols. Once again, don't need them. Eight range. Two keywords. Outsiders, politician, with the outsider's team ability, which is a big plus for me. I love the outsider's team ability. So the dial looks something like this. We got running shot, 10 attack. We got willpower with 17. Three damage with enhancement. Basically, same two clicks. Then it gets force blast for the next three clicks of the dial. Then we have running shot on the very last click. And I really like the way the damage works on this dial. So three, three with both enhancement on the top two clicks. And then he goes two, two with close combat expert though. So just in case you get based or if you want to, I don't know, some kind of force blast shenanigans could go on here. But on the last two clicks, on the very last click, they got a four damage with penetrating psychic blast and running shot with an eight attack, mind you. But combine that with outsiders taking away your opponent's buffs and that eight attack could potentially do some damage. I just really like that four damage coming out of nowhere on that fifth click. But what I like this piece most for is that it's got eight range and then the special attack power for the first three clicks. Blank can use in-cap with three targets. When they do, after actions resolve, each hit character is dealt one penetrating damage. So you can running shot four squares. This is a 12 square reach because you have eight range. And then you can in-cap three different people, and then after that, deal them all one penetrating damage, which I think is absolutely nuts for a piece that is 75 points, not to mention how much it's going to cost you to pick one up. So, Chris, tell me, besides that, you can do that two turns in a row, and he's buffing other people. I just want you to know that you're getting all that and so much more with this figure. Man, you know I don't know DC characters that well, and I have to take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> is it Batman? It's not Batman. I'm sorry. Dang it! Uh. <laughs> uh. All right, who is it? It is my man. Gonna get his show here, Black Lightning. Dude, I, I was thinking it was Black Lightning at the beginning of it, but I didn't choose Black Lightning because I thought Black Lightning had Pinside at the beginning of his dial. No, get yeah, that that sick arc lightning. Yeah. This is uh, Black Lightning. I don't know how to say which one, but it's Black Lightning. So what, what are you going to pay for this? So I don't know if I sold you on this or not. Maybe you're... Black. Um, uh, as, as he looks it up so he can cheat, he can see his... No, I'm not cheating. I just want to know which one had Pinside at the beginning of his dial. Uh, I would say the Infinity War one. That would be my guess. Uh, he doesn't have the outside oh, okay. yeah. ability, though. And no, he has, he has e, uh, energy explosion. Okay, so he's modern. It's Black Lightning, and although I think he will probably increase in popularity, as of this moment, he's still not that popular of a character. And I don't know why, because so, I think he's awesome, but that's just me. I like Black Lightning too, but... Wait, hold on, real quick question. Is Black Lightning and Static Shock the same person? No. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> I'm going to go with 59 cents. And here we are, just like Leonardo, slashing prices in half. He's going to cost you <laughs> one quarter. So for 25 cents, for 25 cents. Okay, back. okay. By the way, the one that I was thinking of was the one from the Batman oh. set, so definitely no. Oh, no, yeah. This is the Joker's Wild 014 Black Lightning. With the afro, which is also why I really like this Black Lightning, because he's got the disco collar popped up, the afro going on. 
He looks great. Cool Stuff has 12 of these in stock for 25 cents. And if you like the black and white sketch variants, they also have a few of those that are also 25 cents, just so you guys know. So have you actually watched the show? No, I haven't. <laughs> They're like five or six episodes. Oh, are they really? Yeah, I didn't even know it started. I, I really want to... Yeah, it's pretty okay, solid. Okay, then actually, uh, I'm going to check it out then. So it's intentionally not in the Arrowverse, by the way. I'm okay with that. It's... I think it's in it. It might be in its own universe, kind of the way that Supergirl is in its own own universe. Well, but seeing as how they've done crossovers, crossovers yeah. with Supergirl, they can clearly just jump into his universe if they want to in the future, or have him come into theirs. So that's always a possibility. The show itself, pretty solid. I'm really looking forward to what's going on with his daughters more than than. Because they're getting like superpowers. <laughs> they get superpowers of their own eventually, don't they? In the comics, yeah. Yeah, they're they're superheroines in the comics, so. Yeah. Pretty interesting. It's good job. Okay, well, that's a good deal. That's a good uh, value corner piece. So let's move on to some hidden gems. But wait, wow, it looks like a diamond. Hidden gems is a segment where I've chosen a figure, and I'll tell you outright who the figure is here in just a second, but it's a figure that was bypassed in popularity, not because he wasn't good, just because there were other things in the set that were better than what it was. Now, I recently managed to complete my TMNT2 uh, IDW Turtles set, and I got to play with them. And one of the figures that I wanted to talk about is the super rare Raphael. It did get a little bit of, like, people were talking about it back in the day, but I want to really, I just, let's go back to this character because I think it's so awesome. So... Not only does this have an amazing sculpt, I love it. It's so that Batroc the Leaper kind of sculpt going on. Yeah, yeah, really, really does. But so all of these turtles are 100, so it come, comes out to an even 400 for you. Uh, all of them have free range, which I think was kind of cool because they can all throw their uh, weapons. But then they all also have the exact same trait called turtle power. Now this you wouldn't think comes in handy, but it does come in handy. So they all have stealth and toughness, their whole dial, which is great because they're ninjas <laughs> and they're turtles. <laughs> so I wanted to oh – man, it's it's so flavorful. These are probably some of the most flavorful turtles that they've made to date. Now, all also have uh, improved movement, ignores elevated terrain, ignores hindering terrain. So works in tandem with the stealth, ignores elevated terrain because they're turtle like in them and they're ninjas. jumping all kinds. Yeah, they're ninjas. They climb all kinds of stuff. It's so flavorful. But here's why I like this particular character instead of these over these umbrella improved movement and, and traits. Starts off with 10 speed with charge, 11 attack with precision strike, which was awesome. 17 defense with combat reflexes. <laughs> Which is already good enough because he has stealth, yeah. right? But but here's where he gets dumb. He has three damage and a special damage power that's called That All You Got, which is such oh, a bad yeah. thing to say. Raph can use Empower, which came in handy so well with the other turtles because they really want you, if you read the wording of the other powers uh, from the other turtles, they really kind of want you to stick the turtles all adjacent to each other. Uh, so I was boosting up like Mikey and Leo in the same turn and just clobbering but uh are you taking pictures oh sorry that was a screenshot on my phone i didn't realize it was uh <laughs> it was loud. <laughs> i was loud can you see through my front facing camera too <laughs> <Just checking. laughs> 
Wait, actually, I have something for that, too. I'm pretty, you're pretty. What do you say we go home and stare at each other? Oh. <laughs> uh. Anyway, to finish out, um, whenever Raphael is missed by an attack, remove an action token from him. So it, it doesn't have to be just a close combat attack. It can be a range. If you can't, modify the attacker's defense value by negative one until the end of your next turn. Do you realize how dumb that, that is? That is good. Parchment stealth, base somebody else, so they can't shoot you most times. They're probably going to miss you 19 minutes. Or 20 if Leo uh, is next to him. Yes. Uh, so that's dumb. Wait, hold on. Oh, uh, Leonardo. Uh, Leonardo has uh, 18 defense defend, so the same IDW, oh, so yeah, if they're no, parked next to each other. Which is another example of why they oh, want yeah. you to put them right next to each other. I forgot he had defend. I thought you were talking about oh, no. power, but never mind. So, so if you can't take an action token from him, which you really want to do, because the one drawback that I saw to all of these turtles is that none of them have willpower. I was, I was a little disappointed in that. But as a team, they all work really well together. But Raph is such a great offensive character. He's got combat reflexes the whole dial. And then when you down dial, when he gets onto click number six, which is his last click, he has seven uh, speed with flurry, 12 attack with blades. Wow. And three base damage with battle fury. So he's a murder machine. That's just, that's <laughs> Raph getting just angry right there that's the Raphael we know and love he's so good he's so good man so i'm gonna put this in like the sapphire tier of characters for the hidden gems ah very nice he's he's just really really good i really liked him he played really well for me so if there are any listeners out there that have gotten to actually play these turtles let me know how you felt that they uh played for you guys compared especially compared to all the other iterations of turtles that are out there as far as flavor wise and then also mechanics wise all right, so something I'm really excited about, um, something that we started a couple months ago. It's been going really well, and we just really appreciate you guys. So let's get into this. Uh, Dial H works off the value, value for value model. Our goal is to entertain you guys and gals. So if you feel that we give you value in your life, consider showing us your love and level up your heroic rank. If you don't know what your heroic rank is, this might be the first time you've ever uh, tuned in to Dial H. Make sure you go to our Patreon. There's a bunch of information on our Patreon about how you can level up your heroic rank. And speaking of heroic ranks, we have multiple people ranking up this month. Uh, at the beginning of the month is the official rank up, but you can rank up before then in the middle of the month if you just want to pay all us. But uh, let's start off. So... We have, moving from just a regular listener to the title of Citizen, is going to be one of our listeners named uh, O'Brien Manbach or Brian Bachman. Uh, you're going to have to let us know what you want to be called in the future. I was really confused by that, man. Uh, we appreciate your contribution to our podcast, and you will forever be known as Citizen until you rank up. Uh, moving on to the rank of... Oh, no, thanks, Brian. <laughs> moving on to the rank of Vigilant, going to be our super fan, Seth Aaron. So you are going to be forever known as Vigilante and Superfan Seth Aaron until further notice. And then lastly, we have ranking up to the highest rank, and mo the biggest donor that we have right now is going to be Ronnie Wineland. Ronnie, we really appreciate you, man, and you are going to be our first and only, as of right now, protagonist Ronnie Wineland. So thank you, guys. We really do appreciate it. 
And uh, we are looking forward to more people jumping on this heroic rank and just keep on trucking, helping this podcast be the best that it can be. So hopefully, man, over this time, I don't know how many episodes that Calder and I, you and I have just done together, but oh yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's move on to some community. And I just want to say that we, oh man, we had a lot of community oh, yes, this yes. week. Like, I mean, a metric ton of community this week. Now, I'm, it's it's my fault, all right? <laughs> because I, the moderators of the HeroClick subreddit were nice enough to allow us to put it on the on the Reddit. So we've got answers from Reddit. We've got answers from Facebook. We've got answers from Twitter. And uh, let's just let's just go. Well, starting off. This is the community question itself. How do you feel about the TMNT unplugged 8-bit sculpts, and what do you think the chases will be? Uh, By the way, this was for a Spider-Man Homecoming giveaway, so uh, we'll name that at the end. But I think I probably have a bunch more answers than you do, Calder, so I'm going to go ahead and start off this. Sounds good. All right, let's start off with Vigilante Seth Aaron, our super fan, who's... We weekly Twitter name is Wu Tang is for the children. Hands up. <laughs> I thought the new sculpts were cool. I like the design, but I like to see the turtles from the animated series from like O2 or the animated TMNT movie. I'd even be cool with the live action '90s movie. Just please make more figures that haven't been clicked. Now this did lead into a conversation back and forth between some of us, which, as always, we stress. This is a community that we are building here, so feel free to talk back and forth with each other on Facebook, Twitter, and now on Reddit. Uh, just answer each other and build the community, guys. Have fun with it. Uh, I asked uh, which animated TMT movie. Uh, Tiemu, hey, what's going on, man? Our, from, our man from Finland said, I'm guessing he means this one. It was pretty good. It, it'll be, I'd be most interested in getting Nightwatcher from it, but the other versions of the Turtles aren't that interesting for me. And then uh, he actually linked a wikipedia.org uh, link to the one that had Chris oh, Evans yeah, in it. Oh, yeah, awesome. That came 323 of 07. Uh, had Chris Evans. It had a bunch of, like, really high-named people in it that you wouldn't have thought were in it, like Patrick Stewart, Kevin Smith, Sarah Michelle Gellar was in huh. it. <laughs> like, wh- what? What? <laughs> So uh, Seth Aaron agreed, and yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. Very nice. Over on the Facebook, we got Nick Zim uh, hitting it with uh, some hard truths, I guess. <laughs> they look dumb. Probably more turtles chases. Maybe the turtles will be uh, taking a dump. Uh, we appreciate your input. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, it's so split down the middle. It really I'm is. Say that right now. I've got I got so many answers that were like pro the eight bit. So many people were like, this looks like garbage. But uh, Coach Step, by the way, thanks man for uh, answering. I haven't seen you in a while, but he said not a big fan. I like the idea, but eight bit doesn't translate to three D properly. I asked, what if the figures were made in two D? He said, I'd like that. A flat two D perspective for the set makes sense. I know it would seem like a letdown due to recent exciting sculpts, but it would seem to fit the set. I can understand that. Toby's here on the Facebook. The sculpts have never really made me want a piece any more or less, so I guess that's, uh, he's a little indifferent about it, but Shogun Turtle Chases. Usagi Yajimbo. That is all. Oh, that would be so cool. Aren't there only, like, like three or four chases in every yep. set? So they could totally make the Shogun See, that would be awesome. Sweet. Yeah. 
Greg Miller, what's going on, man? He said, I like them. They remind me of the old NES Turtles game. Um, he, I asked, uh, aren't the new 8-bit sculpts based off the NES versions? And we can get into this answer because a few people answered this more in depth a little bit later. But He said, no idea. They don't really look like it to me. It looks like they just pixelated the characters. 8-bit didn't really have that many squares. True. <laughs> uh, uh, Tamu on the Facebook He's been bad at guessing turtle chases. Uh, hasn't seen any of them coming thus far. The 8-bit sculpts are a neat idea. I'll have to wait to judge the final execution uh, when I hold off. You know, hold one in one hand. And the fact of how many of them will be in the set will also affect my opinion. I'm guessing about four turtles and two, four-ish sets of foot ninjas, elites and normals, and, you know, Shredder. So we'll, we'll have to see on the sculpts, Jamie said. Right on. So, uh, as previously mentioned, Enrageous, and he's at GetEnrageous on the Twitter, said, what about Punk Frogs? Which, by the way, I think it would be so fun. He's talking about the ones from the 20 animated series. Uh, they're awesome. I, I assume he's talking about those. The one of the characters, one of the Punk Frogs, was voiced by the same actor that played Napoleon. Oh, Dyer. that's awesome. It was something, something Jeter or ah. something like that. I can't remember his name. Uh, he said, or the Mighty Mutanimals. Ace Duck, I'm not Canadian yet, but I want a Monty Moose and Bob the Beaver, or don't even bother making the sets. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, oh, wait, no, I was wrong. I already asked this question. I said, are you talking about the punk pro from the 2012 animated series? He said, I was referring to the 87 ones because I'm old, but yeah, it looks like the same frogs. What I want to know out of this is, why do you say I'm not Canadian yet? yet? Like, Are you moving to Canada and becoming Canadian? Is that how is that how moving works? You become Canadian. Well, I mean, you can become. Is he gonna take a citizenship test, or is he gonna get a dual? We shall see. I'm now so invested <laughs> in what's going on. What's gonna happen to him? Are you? Will you be okay? Are you all right? Eh? How are you doing, Hooser? <laughs> hey. All right. Uh, Petri. Uh, I assume it's not maybe Petri at the Petri dish or uh, Petri or Rivers. I could. I'm, I'm just gonna botch your last name. Uh, Lat Giarvi. Excuse me, I'm sorry, uh, but, you know, I am American. The 8-bit sculpts look kind of silly, uh, but not necessarily in a bad way. I would still ha rather have more stuff in the 2003 so, which I 100% agree with. I'm hoping the Foot Elite in this set for chases, maybe Foot Mystics, even though there's five of them, so maybe not. We're still missing the Neutrinos, but I don't see them as chases. Maybe another set of alternative turtles like Samurais, the Dragon slash Acolyte Turtles would be cool too. But I would really rather not have more than one set of turtles in a set with so many versions already out there and so many characters still waiting for their very first iteration. Right on. Jason Lucas said, I like the idea of the turtle sets, but some of the implement uh, English hard implementation have been lacking. The re reuse of sculpts between the second and third sets really hurts the sales. In all honesty, not impressed with the 8-bit sculpts. Mm. All right. David Herbert. I like the 8-bit versions of characters. They look a little clunky, but it's a game of fun, so just chill out. Uh, for chases, I am a poor guesser, but why not go with the movie turtles? And I must say, I actually like the movie turtles' designs. Maybe not like the way their faces and stuff look, but like you know the 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 little things that make them different from each other in the movies. You know, you've seen the movies, right, Chris? Yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Like how Donatello has like an SNES controller and other stuff like strapped to his arm, or how. Michelangelo wears, like, basketball shorts and all this other, like, he's got, like, beads and necklaces, you know, and how Raph's got his kind of bandana thing, and, yeah, no, I, I really like the way the movie turtles look, so they would be really sweet chases, and those would actually be chases I would collect. 
Right on. Uh, we've got Citizen Collectible said, Some of the sculpts look good, some decent. I just wish we got a normal sculpt of new characters as an alter alternative to the blocky ones. Chase theme, final bosses from various games. Oh, that'd be very cool. Yeah. Ronnie, protagonist Greenland. Uh, I like them for one reason. They are branching out and doing new things. Uh, Chase better be a pizza boy, leaving it at that. I quite like that. <laughs> uh, we also have Citizen... Oh, that's... Let me see. That's Michael Miller. Citizen Michael Miller. Said, uh, they are okay. I kind of hope it is a one-off thing. I dig the idea of video game-based pieces, just not entirely on the 8-bit sculpt train. That's fair enough. Awesome. Very yeah, awesome. So I'm going to split Mark Morris into two different ones because he kind of covers last week's question two, which he kind of wanted to do. So I'm going to let you go through and do different ones while I go through this. But uh, Mark Morris, this is question. I think the 8-bit sculpts are an interesting thing to try, but I'm not really a fan. I commend WizKids for trying to do something new, but it feels like a very poorly veiled attempt to milk out more Turtles license. As you guys have said before, why not just make more characters fit into the Turtles properties that they already have made? As for the chases, it would be awesome for them to go to the other end of the detailed sculpt spectrum of 8-bit and give us the original 1987 live-action movie Turtles and highly detailed sculpts, which I agree would be amazing. Uh, and I would also buy all of those Turtles. <laughs> Take my yep. money! Um, for some reason, Enrages decided to answer this question twice. Uh, or just in different areas. He said, I still feel that the pixel figs are not for me. They look too much like million ants from Rick and Morty, which kind of I agree. I'm just going to say it. I appreciate the thought, but honestly, I would prefer the idea someone had for a few flat 2D non-sculpts as chases. I also agree with Seth, talking about Seth Aaron. Uh, sculpts would be rad. Very nice. So he has a really cool idea, a special turn object that affects eight squares in all directions. And regardless of movement or whatever, but it's like gravity switch, high gravity or low gravity. So high gravity would be like all characters entering the squares currently affected must end their movement. So it's like wicked crazy, pushing it down. And there'd be a pressure switch. Any low gravity effects would be all characters get a plus three to the movement because it's just bouncing all over the walls. And I just thought this is really neat. No, I haven't mentioned it yet. But you know, WizKids would obviously nerf it by letting flyers get around it because whatever. Or say that anyone ignores hindering terrain or has leap climb, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And he actually has a pretty big blur, which I'm not going to totally go into, but it was very interesting. It was a good read. Right on. Uh, the last one I have on Twitter is from Jedi Legend, who just managed to get in his answer earlier today. And I want to let everybody know out there again that you can answer the question all throughout the week. We do not record until Sunday nights at 8.30 Eastern time, so as long as you get your answer in before then, that's fine. Questions come out on Community Tuesday. Uh, last is from Jedi Legend. Like I said, said, I think it's a cool idea. It's a fresh concept. I think it's best set as a sub-theme. For me, with my zillion clicks, though, I won't have room for it. Dude, I think that oh, most of us feel that way. Oh, yeah. We're, I, we're overtaxed on clicks, and I don't even know what to buy anymore because there's too much stuff coming out. There's a lot of stuff. So much stuff, so little time to actually play it all. Oh, that's true, for sure. Lance Miller. I think they look they look good. It'll be fun, and I'll have something that looks different. You know, the chases will be Shredder and villains. Mm. All right, moving on to Reddit, we've got which if there are any Reddit people out there that found the Dialage Hero Blitz, uh, podcast, and this is your first episode, welcome! Yay! 
My Bluetooth speaker's Hi. dying, and I can't use any more uh, any more sound bites no. right now until we close. But whatever, we'll get into that. Uh, Deadpool Seven said, "I love the idea of the 8-bit sculpts, but to be honest, I don't think they look 8-bit. They're too complex with too many cubes to be that resolution." Uh, I'm lukewarm to how they actually came out. I suppose seeing one in front of me and being able to look all the way around it might change my opinion, but as it stands, I'm not thrilled. Hmm. All right, Andrew Olson. I think they look pretty cool. As long as you don't take damage from swimming through some darn electrified seaweed, it's all good. Uh, I'm thinking that <laughs> they get away from turtles as chases, and we finally get the mutant animals, which would suck because I really need Mondo Gecko. Which I oh, agree. God, I forgot about Mondo Gecko. Yeah. Uh, we've got Trillibates, I think is how you pronounce that. I really wish they were flat 2D figures. They were actually, uh, that were actually 8-bit. I also don't know how I feel about some of the figures being 8-bit and others not. Fair enough. Uh, Tristan Campos. They remind me of the Dire Straits music video, uh, Money for Nothing. That said, for Chases, I hope more 80s cartoon goodness, maybe a Ray Filet or Dimension X Kids or Movie Turtles. That would be neat. I'm just going to reiterate that if they make any kind of Movie Turtles, they will get all of my money. Any kind of movie turtles. Even the most recent set with uh, Stephen Amell acting as. 100% yes. Casey? Yep. Yes. 100%. 100% yes. All right. Uh, one typical Tim said, How about the coming out of their Shells Tour chases? And they can do a TMNT oh, wow. movie Vanilla Ice Ultra Chase <laughs> that will grant any turtle sidesteps so that they can go, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I love that answer. Wow. Thank you, one typical Tim. Oh, that's great. Abel Alvarado. Maybe it's a nostalgia factor, but I'm loving those 8-bit figures. Just like back in the day, the characters look bad. Uh, maybe the first three sets <laughs> have been a precursor to an all-fusitoid chase set. But seriously, I'm hoping for TMNT allies like Yusaji Yujimbo. Totally four. Right on. The Great Shmee said, I don't know enough about TMNT to guess what the chases are, but maybe the TMNT of the dystopian future where Shredder takes over from the 2000 cartoon. It's been a while since I've seen the show. And as for the pixel figures, they look a bit ridiculous, but in a good way. I absolutely love them. I just want to reiterate that, guys. He absolutely loves them. Love it. I think he's the only person, person but at least there's somebody out there. This will definitely be a love it or hate it kind of thing, but I won't be disappointed if I pull one. You know, I think he is the only person who's not indifferent or hates or whatever. Absolutely love. That is, that's, yeah. you know, hats off to you. Uh, last one here on Facebook is uh, Emilio Gutierrez. Sorry for probably butchering your last name. I see what they're going to do with the pixelated look, and I like that they're going in a new direction. But I feel the fact that they didn't use actual sprites from the old TMNT game hurt them. That said, I hope the chases are the direct sprite sculpts from the TMNT arcade game from the 80s and 90s. And he had a cool picture of the arcade game. Looks awesome. Uh, we have, let's see, Mag Magnus Cthulhu. I freaking love the sculpts. I know a lot of people will hate them, but I think they're amazing. I'm very excited. No idea what the chases will be, though. Hmm. Another person loves that them. loves them. People on Reddit, they're so full of love. I would have never said. Yeah, well, some, some are actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, you yeah, said I'm you're out. Out. You just go ahead and keep right? going. All right, let me let me see if we can get through all these. 
as long as I'm alive, said, by the way, I just, <laughs> this is such a ridiculous answer. You'll figure out why. They could do 2003 Shredder chases, being Utram Shredder, Karai Shredder, Demon Shredder, 2003 Future Shredder, or they could do any of the 2012 Shredders, being Shredder, Super Shredder, Zombie Shredder, and Mutant Clone Shredder. As for the sculpts, currently I have mixed feelings. I would need to see them up close to make a call. I said, yo, dog, I heard you like Shredder. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much like, okay, Shredder it is. He, he actually uh, responded and said, he's definitely one of my favorite characters. I have fielded Shredder clone way too many times. Uh, Blahman777 said, I think the cubic sculpts look pretty good as far as looking like characters from the early video games. Hoping that the chases are boss characters from the games or more from the 80s cartoon. 2003 Turtles would be nice as well. Honestly, I just want more turtle sets. Uh, KBean826. Some of these people's names, man. I swear. I love them, and I hope it's the TMNT Turtles uh, in time villains for chases. That would be fun. Dapper Apples <laughs> said, it's neat. It's a great name. <laughs> but, uh. Dapper Apples. It's neat, but they are really running out of material to make turtle stuff. A Dose of Buckley said, I think they're pretty hideous, to be honest. Someone else mentioned it here, too, but I think they should have just made them flat, double-sided, he put in quotes, cutouts. These look like a kid got into the Legos. As far as chases, going with the retro theme, how about the 90s movie turtles? I don't know what they'd provide in terms of powers, but the sculpts would probably be enjoyed. Uh, ZStrong24 said, from the little bit I've seen, I like it. It looks fun and interesting. I'm not a huge TMNT uh, consumer, so my knowledge is limited. I have no idea what the chases could be. Uh, JDub52386 said, don't love them or hate them. I'm not into all the 8-bit stuff around now. Uh, Maybe I'll change my mind one way or the other when I see them in person. I'm glad that it doesn't look like the whole set is 8-bit figures, though. Even if I like the sculpts, the entire set would be too much. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's the last answer, and way to... Yeah, way to represent Reddit. Yeah. Way to go. Good job, guys. Yeah, way to represent at Reddit, and then way to represent that last answer being like a nice in the yeah. middle. Not full of hate and not full of love either, but I, I, it pretty much represents what I think the overall feeling is. Most people just don't even know how they feel about it exactly. Yeah. It's so much in the so, middle. No, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to do, and it's probably going to be a total set. But I'm, I'm going to assume I'll buy quite a bit of it. Maybe. You know, it, it depends on the chases. Like I said, if, if it's any live-action movie, they've got my money. I think I'm going to go singles, but probably for any of the characters that they made from the 2012 animated series. All right, awesome. Okay, uh, Calder, why don't you tell me who this week's winner of the Spider-Man Homecoming movie is? Uh, because of how much... I know I like this answer because the, the different ideas, but... I'm going to be honest, 2003, that's my bread and butter, so I'm actually going to give it to uh, Petrie Latarva. Latarva. I, I'm going to butcher your name, but that's that's who I'm going for. Petrie, or however you would pronounce your name, you are this week's, you know, Hero Clicks Player of the Week. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so Petrie? Yep, Petrie. That's how I'm pronouncing it. I could be wrong. Uh... Code word is the vulture. So why don't you go ahead and message us a vulture so we know you know that you listen to the podcast, and we'll give you that uh, copy of Spider Man. Moving on, we do not have any birthdays this week, so uh, we do have as part of our community. 
the Dial H birthday calendar. If you have somebody at your shop, maybe a player, maybe your judge, yourself, or someone in your life that's close to you that you want to give a shout out on the podcast to so we can give you an official Dial H Arabian birthday, uh, message us, let us know who that is, their birthday, and uh, yeah, how you know them. That, that'd be that would be interesting. Okay, um, well, we are going to go ahead, do the sign out, do the cool stuff stuff, do our uh, theme music, and then we'll get into the Black Panther uh, discussion before we really close out for the night. That'll give people time to exit out if they do not want to hear the rest of uh, the spoilers for Black Panther. Sounds good. So, uh, you can find us on Twitter. At Dial H for Hero Clicks, that is the number four. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Dial H for Hero Clicks. Uh, you can actually send us an email at Dial H for Hero Clicks at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, just give us any kind of recommendations for value corner, hidden gems, casual comparisons. You guys just want to tell us about your week or anything like that. And if not, look forward to finding us on Tuesday for our weekly Community Tuesday question. All right, awesome. And then I can read us out of here. As a reminder, Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the Hero Clicks latest Hero Clicks singles and sealed products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, put it in one more time. Okay, for those of you that have stuck around. Thank you for listening to the Dial H for Hero Click Soundboard podcast. Really appreciate it. <laughs> I have so many fun things on this soundboard. Uh, All right. This is full-blown going into spoiler territory. What do you want to talk about first, Calder? Do you want to kind of cover... Uh, T'Challa himself and how he's kind of changed in this movie, or even like the setting of this movie. Like, what did you tell me about what, how he's changed? So right away we see that it is directly after Civil War. You know, like no time has changed. So this movie very well takes place in 2016 or whatever year they wanted Civil War to take place. Who really knows? But uh, they kind of go into this really cool like think of the black panther early on so in civil war we we're just like oh he's black panther normally but now we see that there's like this fruit i don't know if this is comic accurate or not i always just figure black panther it, it is? is okay it is actually comic so accurate. i don't know anything so, about the black, black panthers so so about black panther as a character in the comic books uh he does eat the heart-shaped herb black panther is a mantle it is not an individual character so there have been a ton of black panthers before T'Challa, just like T'Chaka was a Black Panther in the comic books, and he was in the movie as well. Um, and then it's like just a lineage thing. They pass it down, they prove that they're worthy, and then they get to take the heart-shaped herb, which does take them to a panther spiritual realm where they get to commune with not only the panther god himself, Lost. Yeah. Her, herself? I think it actually might be a female spirit. But, itself. The Panther, uh, whatever yeah, it may be. It, itself, I'm, I'm not really sure. But, uh, and then they also get a commune with all of the, like, Past previous Black, Black Panthers. Panthers. That is cool. Yep. 
Yeah, no, so I definitely like that about T'Challa. He got a completely new suit, which the scene felt very, like, James Bond to me. Like, his sister was, you know, Q, showing him all these gadgets and weapons that he's going to use throughout the rest of the movie. I, did you kind of get that right. feel? Like, oh, and here we have the lab, and we're showing you this and that, and, yeah. I, I quite like yeah. that. Um, it is... I, I think it's really cool. Shuri is very... So, they have changed something between the comic books and the MCU, and that apparently Shuri in the MCU much more intelligent than she is in the comic books. She does not even factor in, which Marvel, it's an ambiguous list, uh, but they've mentioned it multiple times about like, oh, T'Challa is one of the top eight smartest people on Earth. Reed Richards is one of the top eight smartest people on Earth, but they don't really put them into order and you can't find them in order. Um, except for Reed Richards, everyone kind of like agrees that he's number one. Past that, like uh, two through eight, it's ambiguous. But Shuri is not on that list. And in this movie, and... she very well seems like the smartest person in the world, if not next to Iron Man or something. Well, you know? it's not even she seems like it, as in the MCU has officially acknowledged. Oh, that she is, okay, like, yeah. She's like the smartest person in I the mean, world. Or to be fair, very very close. To when it. you have a material which is like pretty freaking amazing to work with it, it's insane actually she's a genius the crazy stuff that they come up with the stuff they imagined for her to do in this movie is actually really cool and i quite like it for sure now as far as how they changed t'challa i think t'challa in the comic books is actually much smarter i actually than agree. how he is in in the movie i'm not saying he's dumb in the movie it's just he is touted as one of the eight most eight most intelligent yeah. human beings on in this he's... and He's yeah. not in this movie. Yeah, his sister is very well, the brains of the family. And she was fun. Yeah. She was great. Like, she had the whole, like, ah, tradition, whatever. And but she was, like, a, just a fun, cool character who I didn't know I was going to like. Or even, you know, I, I loved. I loved their brother and sister back and forth. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was awesome. I, I thought they did a really good job on that. Um, I did like at the end when they finally let Shuri actually do stuff with some of her own Attack. weapons that she had developed. So that was pretty cool. Where else do you want to go from here? Uh, I kind of want to talk about the, my personal like favorite things in movies. The villains in this movie were strong. Like it is ah, they're amazing. So I like Claw. Claw is one of my favorite Marvel villains like of all time. Uh, when I heard Andy Serkis was going to play in Age of Ultron, I got really excited. I got to see his backstory in Age of Ultron, so I was really excited to see what he did in this movie. And he was awesome, honestly. Every single scene with Claw in it is probably my favorite scene of the movie. To me, he was my favorite part of the entire movie. I like the way they made his prosthetic hand look. It was like, ah, it's a hand instead of just a giant satellite dish on him. It didn't look too cartoony and out of place in the MCU. It looked great. You know, him singing in the chair was hilarious. Because to me, Claw, I always, you know, keep thinking of the Secret Wars Claw the most. How he's kind of gone, even though that was the Beyonder messing with him. But still... Claw to me always seemed like a crazier guy, so he's like, oh, Claw's got the mixtape, and he's like singing in the chair, and he's throwing everything off, and he's like, oh, you know, hey, yeah, you want to check out my mixtape? It's it's hilarious. Uh, Claw was great in every scene, definitely my favorite. And then Killmonger, a villain with, you know, he kind of had the the ends justify the means kind of outlook on life that hey, it would be better, but also this is like straight up terrorism, giving people these crazy weapons to go wage war on. You know, it's a bit nuts sure. what he was doing, but like you see, your heart's kind of in the right place, but you should slow down a bit, take a step back. There's 
Funny yeah. role. Uh, I will say I loved Michael oh, B. Jordan. He was awesome. Movie. He is. I liked Michael B. Jordan a little bit before that. Like I thought he was okay. Then I saw this movie and I'm like, dude, this guy's awesome. But it makes me a little bit perturbed. Why do they keep killing off all of their villains? See, that's how I felt. Like, hey, first off, I thought like Claw would be a really cool reoccurring villain, so I was angry they killed him. But man, Michael B. Jordan deserved like better. I I kind of see why they killed him because like I don't think he was gonna stop unless he was actually murdered. But I was just so angry of them just being like, because it, it happened in almost every first movie. You know what I'm saying? Captain America kill off Red Skull right away. I understand why. Uh, Ant Man up, oh, Yellow Jacket, he's dead. Iron Man, Iron Monger, he's dead, you know? Like, it's not, that's not cool, it's not fun to just murder villains like that, but okay, I guess. Now, there is a general rule in comic books, where is that the more sure the death is, the more sure the resurrection. But we haven't seen a lot of, like, a lot of resurrection in the MCU yet, with the exception of, like, Loki. So... I don't know what they're doing exactly. Uh, Agent Coulson, Agent Coulson yeah. He, he, he was resurrected. Um, but there's not a lot there of really it. There really isn't. So I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, one thing that I really liked about it, and this is actually in that BuzzFeed article that we're linking, um, the scene where they are in that casino, and you have T'Challa, Okoye, and Nakia, and they are all wearing different colors on purpose. This is like a small Easter egg in that, um, uh, Nakia is wearing green, uh, T'Challa is wearing black, and Okoye is wearing red. And those three colors combine equal the Pan-African flag. See, I didn't actually pick up on that, because I just figured it seemed like her whole tribe wore green, and then he's Black Panther, so he wore black. And then all the, uh, I don't know, I forgot what the chicks were called with the spears, but they all kind of... Uh, Dora Milaje. Uh, they all wore red. So I was just like, oh, it's just like their colors. But it's actually kind of neat when you put them together, like, oh... That was really cool. I did like that. Uh, I did really like how they went back and had a little bit more interaction with T'Chaka, or T'Challa oh, had more yeah. interaction with T'Chaka in the, in the spirit realm, because you're supposed to be able to go into the spirit realm and talk to your father. So that was pretty cool. Um, now, I think there was some point in, in the movie where they really touched on the idea of how to wield power and the correct use of power. And I don't know about you, but I'm actually, um, I'm a big fan of, uh, uh, he's, this is a really long time ago, and this is like, most people won't even know who I'm talking about when I say this, but Machiavelli wrote, um, uh, if you go into like any kind of politics or anything like that, they make you, Basically, you need to read this book called The Prince, and it's written by this guy named Machiavelli, and it really pretty much underscores the correct use of power in that if you're the kind of person that desires power, then you will not use it correctly. If you're the kind of person that doesn't want power but is given power, then you will probably use it more correctly than the person that wasn't – that desired power – in that heavy is the crown, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Okay. You know? um, the burden is heavy, but the people that, you know, the people that desire power are always going to get corrupted because, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. You're talking about a king, and T'Challa very quickly 
picks up on the fact that he knows he doesn't really want to be king. Yeah. Because it's like too much. And that interaction with him and his father, um, where it was like the second interaction where he went into the spirit realm and spoken to spoke to his father. And I can't remember what the exact line was or lines were, but it really gave me the feeling like T'Challa really will be a good king because he doesn't want to be a king, but he feels that it's necessary for him to be the king. Which is exactly, and you can think about how our founding fathers are in the United States um, in particular. Uh, you, you can think about our founding fathers however you want to, and it's a very politicized um, America right now, so I, I won't get too far into one side or the other uh, because I just don't believe in it. But um, President, the, our very first president, President Washington, did not want to be president. Yep. He actively told them no multiple times. And that right there should be but not always is, but should be a sign of what a good leader could be. Not someone that wants power, but has to pick up the, you know, where everyone else is leaving off because no one else is willing to step up to the plate. Yeah, totally. Now, in, in, in this case, in this case, I would say, like, obviously Killmonger was trying to step up to the plate, but that was, he was trying to create a revolution, which is different. Yeah, he was doing something a bit, no. A bit much. <laughs> it was a little overboard, if you ask me. But, you know, absolutely. Like, they find that happy medium, you know, between the fact it's like, hey, we have the ability to make some people's lives better. And we, even though it may compromise some bit about us, we understand that helping more people is probably, is probably good. Like, that whole compromise they come to at the end between the conflicting ideologies of should we stay completely secluded just worry about ourselves, not care about anybody else, just be, you know, the whatever, we're just farmers and stuff kind of nation that totally hide behind our big barrier and just, just whatever, totally let the rest of the world kind of rot pretty much. Or can we, you know, lend a helping hand but not completely compromise ourselves either while doing that, which, you know, was it was very well handled at the end of the movie, if you ask me. I think that this is hands down probably the most political Marvel movie that has come out to date for numerous reasons. One being the very heavy racial overtone, uh, two being the isolationist versus globalism uh, confrontation that is very clearly part of this movie. And I, I'm definitely not going to get into the racing. That's too oh, yeah. touchy of a subject for a lot of people. But um, I do think it's very interesting that at the end of the movie, you saw that line where uh, Black Panther, T'Challa, says, like, we would like to basically open our borders to the rest of the world. And that politician very smugly was like, uh, excuse me, but what do you have to offer the world? Because at that point, the rest of the world still does not know that Wakanda is yeah. the most te technologically advanced culture on Earth. So everyone is like, okay, that's real nice, Wakanda. Thanks. We really would appreciate your sheep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's got to be what's going through their head at that moment. In yeah, time, that's right. You know, but that's why you get that really funny grin. Yeah, from that was great. As soon as he asks that, I do want to touch on um, Bucky. Oh, yep. Being in the movie, we we did know that Bucky was in uh, Wakanda because of the Civil War movie. Uh, he did lose his arm at the end of the Civil War movie. And when he comes out from that hut, uh, I do want to point out that, one, he is wearing red and blue. 
which you did not see a ton of red and blue like combined in the movie. And I think that this might be alluding to a future where Chris Evans' contract runs out and they need a new Captain America, which would go directly with the comic books Bucky where Bucky becomes Captain America after Steve Rogers uh, dies. And I agree that would be, like, if Cap does die, which very well could happen, Bucky is, to me, first up on the mantle to take it. I do, I think it's funny how uh, Shuri makes that comment. She's like, oh, broken another, white white, boy. another broken white boy uh, for us to fix. That was great. Like, I thought that was funny. And, you know, uh, but she was talking Everett, about... Uh, you know, and just to kind of cover, Everett, I loved Everett Ross in this movie. He was great. He was awesome. Like, I think he did a really good job, too. I think he did a really good job. I, overall, I just, I really loved this movie. It's not exactly my favorite movie because I'm sorry, but I just want to see as many heroes at one time. So I think that as of this moment, Civil War is still my favorite movie for as much as what was going on. Plus, Black Panther was in that movie, yep. you know, and that was his like his debut, so it was amazing. And but this Black Panther was like visually amazing. It was beautiful when you were looking at Wakanda. It looked like a real city. It didn't cool. look like CGI. Um, the fight scene at the end with the rhinoceros. Oh, and, that was awesome. That was so cool. All of the Dora Milaje and... What, what was that one guy's name that turned his back on T'Challa? Uh, that one guy from Get Out. You know, that guy. Uh, I don't know what his name actually <laughs> was. Because I kind of I can't forgot. remember his name. Njabu? But that was, was really Prince sweet. Njabu? Or is that somebody else? That was some other character. I don't know. But... I can't remember. I remember Mbaku. Mbaku. Oh, yeah, okay. So funny. the white ape, he was great. Oh, my gosh. That inside. <laughs> he, like, that was funny. I don't know how he got that big by just eating vegetables, but man, he eats a lot of vegetables. Uh, I'm impressed. Just kidding. We're vegetarians. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I love that. That was, that was really cool. He looked great. Um, yeah, no. Another thing from this BuzzFeed article that I thought was really cool was um, the the actor that played young T'Chaka, it, uh, he's the guy that played old T'Chaka's son, like re- in real life. Oh, really? So yeah, I I blazed it pretty much, and I feel bad about saying that, but uh, the one that stuck out to me was how whatever uh, Malcolm B. Jordan's armor looked like Vegeta. I thought that was hilarious, but that's actually really cool that um they got his son to play him, and that looked because I remember watching the movie, I'm like. That kind of does look like an aged-down version of the father. Like, I thought they used that face technology that they use, you know? Right, right. And no, it was his that's son. That's cool. That's really cool. Wow. It was a real-life son. So, I thought that was awesome. Uh, I don't remember the end credit scene now that I'm thinking about it. Do you? Uh, the end credit scene, uh, the very end one was Bucky. The one before that was the press conference. Oh, or okay. I, I don't remember if that was the press conference or if it was the there at the basketball court that the movie started off at and they're like we're gonna make it new here or whatever and the jet comes down and all the kids are like whoa this thing's cool you know oh I wanted to ask you one about of those this. two scenes yep so do you feel like so after T'Challa took that purple drink that took away the herb the second time and he goes to fight Killmonger. Do you feel like he got his butt stomped by Killmonger? Like, it wasn't even close. Oh, no. He, he got destroyed. That was... Which makes me think that almost all of T'Challa, at least in this universe's ability to fight mostly comes from the herb itself. Yeah. Because he got destroyed by a dude that is just not has never had the heart-shaped yep. herb. 
And he just has a bunch of like uh, CIA training and, and stuff like that. Uh, he, he is a Marine, to be fair, and it, it okay, seems that all those little well, to be fair, this is one part I didn't like about his character and costume. The scars, the little like weird things on his body, looked very odd to me, uh, a little freaky. And I wish we hadn't actually seen him shirtless in the trailer because he pulls up just a sleeve earlier. And I think it would have been a much cooler reveal because, like, you see a sleeve with all the little dots, and you're like, okay, he's killed a lot of people. But then, you know, he takes off his shirt when he fights, and you just see he's littered with all these little scars for every kill he's gotten. That would have been a much cooler reveal if we hadn't already seen him, just, like, shirtless in a trailer, you know? Okay, I can see But that. besides... I just... It just blows my mind how much he stung oh, T'Challa. Absolutely. I wouldn't. I want to say the ground, but it was really into the water. And then he picks him up and throws him into the waterfall, which I was like, "Whoa!" That was the one time. I'm like, oh, that's insane. I mean, I, I know the movie's called Black Panther. I know he can't die, but I'm still like, "Dang, man!" Wow. I was wondering how they did that. Oh, I, also another, and I, I read a couple of these articles, like weird Easter eggs, and I can't remember if this was in the BuzzFeed one. But did you like the last fight scene between him and Killmonger, which was? On a literal underground railroad. That, you know, I did not catch that while watching that. But yes, that was a cool fight scene. And the saying, that, oh, it takes away the vibranium's like power so we can transport it or whatever easy. I'm like, ah, so then making use of that for the fight was awesome. And I really quite liked that. That was pretty cool. That was a really very unique place to have a fight it was. scene. And then on top of it being a unique place to have a fight scene, the fact that it was like a sim symbology yeah. symbolism sorry symbolism of being on an underground railroad for the sake of you know the movie it like it was just really cool it makes it mean more yeah it really should. if you know that i guess at least to me <laughs> uh anything else you want to talk about in the movie oh hold on last thing i want to say why did you kill off claw yeah uh and i talked about that but already, i totally but... agree man i the one thing I've always wanted to happen since the beginning of the MCU was to have a Masters of Evil just once. Just once. And then... It seems like they're never going to do that. And I don't think they'll ever do that. Baron Zemo's the only one who's alive, and that's thanks to Black Panther, but, you know, Killmonger killed Claw, and I'm really angry. And I loved Claw in this movie. Like, oh, he was amazing. And, you know, hard-pressed to say he wasn't my favorite character, because, like, he was awesome. And, yeah, no, Kill Claw. Well, thanks a lot for guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. Out of the movie, like, the entire movie, I would say that T'Challa, and then this is probably an easy answer, is probably my favorite character of the movie, but seven, second favorite character of the entire movie, over Shuri, over Claw, was definitely Michael B. Jordan. And he was great. He was awesome. He, they made it and wrote it in such a way that once you understood, once they fully revealed why he was doing what he was doing... It made complete sense, yep. and for what he went through, like you could understand at least, and kind of, you know, they they humanized him in such a way that you're like, oh, okay, I feel bad for this kid. For sure, for sure. But, okay, uh, that's all I have got uh, in the movie. Overall, I, 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 if we were to give this all like a one out of ten, I'd probably say it was a, it was a solid nine. It was a really good movie. I'm going to say eight, only because I wanted to shoot myself in the head when Shuri said, what are those? And uh, I was like, well, you got to be kidding me. 
Well, those are you know, which <laughs> that's that's a pretty dead dead meme by now. I imagine. I do know this movie takes place in 2016, but still, to say <laughs> what are those? I'm like, okay, I, I'm done. I could have got up and left the theater after she said that, but uh, I stuck with it. <laughs> that's what dropped that it just, one whole point. Yeah, for you. yeah. Like, uh, oh man, you realize I'm using videos from like. 2006 in our soundboard, right? That is true, but I really hated the what are those thing because you. I wear cowboy boots. I'm like everybody should know this by now, or at least just assume. And every time I go someplace, especially if it's with people that uh, from town, y'all city slickers. I was like, oh man, what are those? I'm like, they're work shoes. Look it up. But all right. Anyways, I don't know. I don't like. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Draft point personally for me, but uh, no, good movie. Great. Uh, well, um, as I think that's all we're going to go into Black Panther, but um, I really do th- hope that those of you that stuck around and listened to this, or even if you paused it and then you went and watched the movie and you came It's like three days this, later, look at that, hey, good job on seeing Black Panther, right. guys. I hope that we at least, least approached some of the subjects that were clearly touched upon in this movie in a very respectful and mature way, rather than try to politicize something that's already being politicized on like every single news platform article and, and every yep. every every youtube video it's like it's too much and i just want to enjoy it as a movie so i i hope that someone out there at least one person can appreciate <laughs> that we didn't go that yep. route with it we're just just trying to talk about it as a movie because it was a good movie so anything else called uh no that rounds it out for me Tristan. Okay, well, I'm going to play the theme song one last time and get out of here, and uh, we will see you guys next week. So, bye, guys. See ya.